For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. When it comes to intellectual brutality, is Stanford football having an identity crisis? That's one of the things we are going to cover on this episode of the TreeCast with Troy Clarity, presented by the Believe Podcast Network. It is Thursday, May 14th, 2020. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Hope your week has been good so far. Hope you've stayed healthy and hope you've done what you've needed to do uh, to make sure that others stay healthy as well. Who am I? Who, 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 who? I'm Troy Clarity. Thank you so much for being here with us. A lot to talk about and a lot to discuss, and we're going to do it here. Look, we've been pretty guest heavy over the last few weeks uh, on the TreeCast this spring. And, and I highly suggest that you check out our vault, by the way, if you've missed some of our previous chats with David Shaw, with Jared Haas, with Kobe Parkinson and Casey Tuhill. Uh, with Yogi Roth, the Pac-12 Networks a couple weeks ago. Stanford women's soccer team captain Naomi Gurma joined us on the show last week. You want to go back to our conversations with uh, Mark Madsen and uh, Kyle Peterson, a couple former Stanford greats. By all means, if you missed those chats the first time around, uh, or if you want to hear them again, cool. Uh, check out the vault uh, for the TreeCast at uh, Believe.com. But we're just, it's just going to be me and you. This week, we, I don't think we've had a chance to really just sit down and talk so far uh, since we took this show to the spring season. So just me and you for this edition of the TreeCast. And that's that's a good thing, right? I hope it is. I, I hope you agree. I hope you uh, give me the follow on Twitter at Troy Clarity. The last name is spelled C-L-A-R-D-Y. That's at Troy Clarity. As always, I welcome your thoughts on Stanford football, on Stanford athletics, and on the show. Hashtag TreeCast. Hashtag TreeCast on Twitter. That's by far the best way for me to ensure that I see uh, that uh, your, your your thoughts on that. You've got uh, ideas for content. Uh, you've got thoughts on what to, uh, how I can make the show better. I welcome all of that. Hashtag TreeCast on Twitter. And uh, proud to be part of the Believe Podcast Network. B-L-E-A-V.com. You want to advertise on the show? That's, that, that's music to my ears. Uh, check them out. B-L-E-A-V.com. We'll talk identity crisis coming up in a bit, but three things is something that we give you just about every episode of the TreeCast, and these three things that we're going to give you this week are some of the more notable sound bites from David Shaw during his appearance on the Pac-12 Football Coaches webinar earlier this week along with Nick Rolovich and USC's Clay Helton. Nick Rolovich, of course, the new head coach at Washington State. But the three things David Shaw said during his appearance at the Pac-12 webinar earlier this week, let's start with number one. Obviously still a lot in the air when it comes to the fall sports season, and many people just do not know at this point how things are going to look. 
Some campuses have already said that they are planning on having in-person classes during their respective fall terms. Others taking more cautious approach. Stanford has a little more time to play with, as we discussed uh, in last week's Dreamcast. They have a little more time to play with because Stanford obviously on the quarter system. So school doesn't start till what, late September, practically October. Uh, as opposed to the schools that go on semesters, which are firing up in mid-August. So they need to come up with answers much more quickly than Stanford does. Now, if campuses aren't 100% open, then that means no football and no fall sports, right? Well, here's David Shaw's response to that. I think where we are is the definition of a fluid uh, situation. Every state, as Robo mentioned earlier, is going to be different. Um, every campus is going to be different. And um, I think that's a great sentiment, um, but I don't know that that's going to rule the day when it's all said and done. And, and he's right. Look, it's, it's no secret that different states are taking very different approaches to this crisis. Some places are, are extending shelter-in-place orders. Others, not so much. <laughs> it was interesting. Uh, on, on Wednesday's uh, Pac-12 football uh, coaches uh, webinar, uh, that featured um, Oregon State's Jonathan Smith, uh, UCLA's Chip Kelly, and Arizona State's Herm Edwards. I tuned in just to watch Herm alone, and he did not disappoint. Apparently, they opened things up in Arizona uh, earlier this week, and before the webinar began, Herm reported that Mill Avenue, which is where it's all happening in Tempe, shoulder to shoulder, you couldn't buy a beer, as Herm said. No, no, no social distancing being practiced there. <laughs> I love Herm. But because you're seeing these different approaches nationwide and no real coordinated response from the federal government, it's almost impossible for, for there to be a uniform response and a uniform game plan, not from the NCAA level, and maybe not even from conference to conference, and maybe not even in some cases within specific conferences. What happens if a kid tests positive? It's going to happen. We've already had several NFL players test positive. Uh, several NHL players test positive. We had one NBA player test positive, and that started the whole shutdown. Everything, sports and beyond. Does If that happens, does the team shut down? Does the conference shut down? Does the whole FBS subdivision? It's a fluid situation, as David Shaw said, and it's made all the more fluid by the variable responses that different jurisdictions have had to this crisis. Let's get to thing number You might remember part of our conversation with uh, John Wilner of the San Jose Mercury News on last week's TreeCast. He and I talked about, um, was it, one of the things that we talked about wasn't exactly the start of the college football season, when things will get going again, but, but if things will finish on time, right? I mean, because if you're going to start something, you, you better have a great game plan on how to conclude your season. Shaw was asked about how the college football postseason could be affected. And, and, and here's the part of his answer that raised my eyebrows. If we're able to play 12, and we can stay status quo, that's great. Many of us believe it's not going to be 12, and it's not may not even start on time. So those other factors are going to affect um, however uh, the, the, the postseason looks, and as well as the, the, the playoff. Many of us believe it's not going to be 12, and may not even start on time. That certainly got my attention when when David Shaw said that. And look, there was there was plenty of optimism uh, throughout. Uh, th- that was one of the bigger tones, I think, of that webinar session. Plenty of optimi- optimism from Shaw and Clay Helton and Nick Rolovich uh, throughout that half hour session. But 
Shaw was the only one to say that the season and, and, and things might might not might look like they were when they were drawn up. So Shaw was really the only one to broach that possibility during the course um, of that session. And, and by the way, he says many of us believe. Who, who is us? I'm just curious. Who's us? Head coaches? Members of the Shaw household? American citizens? I, I don't have that answer, but, but Shaw's answer may have actually been the most real part of that whole entire webinar. Off to thing number three. Plenty on a college football head coach's plate, even during normal circumstances. Um, right now, they're certainly facing a whole different set of challenges and concerns. Coach Shaw was asked for his biggest concern right now. Uh, making sure in the process before we even get there that our guys have the same community feeling that they had when they left and I'm um, talking to psychologists and a lot of different people that this has been a tough time for a lot of guys and trying to make sure that, yes, we're talking football when we get back to them, but at the same time that they know that we care about them, that, um, you know, we're glad they're with their families, but they miss their guys, they miss that, that camaraderie, and still trying to find ways to do that and keep that up, uh, make sure they know that we care about them and that they're a big part of us and we're a big part of them. Um, so that we would get back together, we, we can all be physically healthy and, and mentally, emotionally healthy as well. Yeah, well said. Well said. And uh, quite honestly, I, I, I don't think there's much more that I need to add to that. Those are three things. Yeah, good stuff overall from Coach Shaw, uh, from uh, Nick Rolovich as well. But the most newsworthy item I thought from that webinar session came from USC's Clay Helton. You're going to hear that a bit later on in the show. But right now, I, I want to talk about Cardinal identity, especially offensively and especially intellectual brutality. It's been a major hallmark of Stanford football over the past dozen years or so. You've come to know and love it. It's, it's certainly defined Stanford. Uh, over the past dozen years, dating back to to much of Jim Harbaugh's reign as the Cardinal head coach. And, and that means an offensive line that just grinds you into the dirt and is merciless in doing so and will just leave you in the corner to, to rot, you know. And, and that's, that's what made Stanford so particularly dangerous in the earlier part of this past decade. Intellectual brutality is something that that many fans have hung their hat on when it comes to the identity of Stanford football. And I'm still actually seeing folks insist that, that Shaw is still stubbornly clinging to the pound and ground and the super conservative football that, that, that Shaw has preferred. Now, those folks who are crying that, 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 that David Shaw is still super stubborn and refuses to get away uh, from being super conservative. I can tell that those folks who say that didn't really watch Stanford a whole lot last year when K.J. Costello aired it out and put on a passing clinic against Arizona, when Davis Mills threw 27 straight times up at Washington State, and when the Cardinal threw it on 15 of their first 17 plays against Cal in the big game. Now, the counterpoint to this is that Shaw did still try to, to stay on the ground and pound the rock on fourth and one with Stanford trying to answer uh, Cal's game-winning drive, and they got stuffed fairly predictably. Why they tried that against that defense, Cal was super stout in their front seven. Why they tried that 
against the Bears in that situation is a bit beyond me. So there is that counterpoint there, and to that I will see. But by and large and overall, we didn't see much of the Cardinal ground game last year and David Shaw clinging to the ground game, mostly because we didn't see much intellectual brutality last year with the Stanford offensive line taking over ball games and Cardinal running backs skipping into the secondary like Homer Simpson skipping through the land of chocolate. Look for the, look for, is it GIF or JIF? I can never figure it out. Look for the GIF and the JIF of that. You'll figure out, you'll figure out uh, what I mean. And we didn't see that intellectual brutality from the offensive line and the Tunnel Workers Union last year because of injuries. When you saw Walker Little on the ground clutching his knee late in the season opener against Northwestern. And, and the list just went on and on from there as far as offensive line injuries uh, were concerned. And the youth, the inexperienced youth that had to step in in its place. You know, it, it's, it's hard to move player X from point A to point B when player X is much bigger and stronger than you. And that was too often the case for Stanford up front last year. So you didn't see a whole lot of intellectual brutality from the Cardinal in the 2019 season. Plus, I mean, where was the, sta where was the strength in Stanford's offense last year? Where was it? It was a quarterback when it was Costello and Mills. And at wide receiver with Connor Weddington and Michael Wilson, Simi Fajoko, things coming into form for him as the season went along. Coaches felt much better about Stanford's chances through the air than on the ground. Stanford wasn't going to physically maul anybody last year because of all the freshmen who didn't have college football bodies uh, during the fall last year who, certainly, who were suddenly being pressed into service. So Stanford's coaches felt much better about the Cardinals' chances through the air than on the ground. So people look at Stanford throwing the ball 27 times in a row Davis Mills throwing 504 yards on people. And they wonder if the Cardinal have lost their identity and have gotten away from the brand. And yeah, I get it. It, it was so cool to see Joshua Garnett just blowing up dudes in open space. It was mind-boggling. I, I, I still can't believe I saw what I saw when Stanford ground Washington into the absolute dirt, 446 yards rushing in that 2011 game at Stanford, at Stanford Stadium. To the Huskies? After all those decades and all those years in which UW just dominated Stanford, just pounded him. And the Cardinal returned the favor in a big way that night. So, yeah, you, you, you see those things. And you see the guys walking around with T-shirts, intellectual brutality on their backs. And, and, and yeah, you know, I, I can see how, how that might stick. Now, I'm not as hidebound to intellectual brutality as, as some card fans seem to be. And I don't necessarily think that David Shaw is either. Now, don't get it twisted. Shaw would rather win a street fight than a track meet. But I know this, he wouldn't mind having the ability to pick and choose between the two. I know that. If Shaw thinks he can win a game by airing it out, he'll do it. We've seen it. Maybe not quite as often as I'd, as I'd prefer, but there, there is still plenty of evidence that will tell you 
that David Shaw, if he thinks the Stanford Cardinal can win by, by taking to the air, he'll do it. He'll do it. Now, the beauty of it all is that this year, Shaw might actually be able to choose between winning a track meet and winning a street fight. He might be able to choose this year. Davis Mills, as pure a passer as I think we've seen at Stanford in quite a while. Yogi Roth, very high on him. Yogi Roth of the Pac-12 Networks. You might remember our conversation with him a couple weeks ago. Wide receivers, we mentioned Michael Wilson. We mentioned Connor Weddington. Those two dudes balled out at points this year. I love watching Michael Wilson compete. Simon Fajoko, Osiris St. Brown brings a skill set as well. No shortage of receivers. The offensive line, unlike this time last year, is deep and experienced. Two adjectives that certainly did not apply to that unit this time last year. And the running backs, I think, are going to be able to bring it this year, this, this next upcoming season, too. Austin Jones, boy, I love his wiggle. What did Michael Wilson call it? Natural wiggle <laughs> when we talked with him last fall. Austin Jones has the wiggle. Nathaniel Pete with some flashes last year, and everyone wants to see E.J. Smith when he gets on campus and what he can do with the football in his hand. So I wouldn't worry about clinging to the intellectual brutality brand for Stanford right now because that probably won't be the only way Stanford can win games next season. Sometimes forging a new identity can be a very good thing. Stanford might not need intellectual brutality to win next season. They're damn sure going to need to have parties in the backfield, though. <laughs> and Look, if, if any unit needs to retain or reclaim its identity, it's the Stanford defense, right? Because, again, I, I think Stanford, I, I like the Cardinals' chances of being able to win track meets next season, but preferably those aren't track meets, and if they are, they're like Usain Bolt pulling away from dudes, you know? If, if it's like a horse race, it's like Secretariat in the 73 Belmont, you know? And not, and not nose-to-nose with somebody winning at the wire. Maybe Stanford, may not be. Who knows? But if there's any unit that needs to retain and reclaim its identity, it's the Stanford defense. I, I think the onus is on those dudes. And, you know, secondary-wise, like what I see. Outside linebackers? Like what I see. Thomas Booker, big fan. Inside linebackers, up the middle on the defensive line, question marks. Question marks. That could very well be the big difference between Stanford having a nice season or a great season. Always welcome your thoughts. Agree, disagree. Uh, is the card offensively suffering from an, from an identity crisis? <laughs> uh, a bit dramatic, but some folks seem to think that way. Hit me up on Twitter, hashtag TreeCast. Hashtag TreeCast. Live sports kind of making a bit of a comeback internationally. Still not quite here, there, here in, in this country quite yet. 
But don't let that stop you from checking things out at betonline.ag. You get They got their $750,000 poker series, and there are other things that they have on there that you can wager on if you so choose. Betonline.ag, use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag, use the promo code MYPOD100, betonline.ag your online wagering experts. It's been really cool this week uh, what the Pac-12 has been doing as they have held webinar sessions uh, throughout this week, three coaches a day, uh, Monday through Thursday. Uh, the first session featured David Shaw. You heard some of his thoughts uh, from, uh, from part of his appearance uh, earlier in this show. Washington State's Nick Rolovich, who had strong Zoom background game. Nick was coming from, uh, Rolo was coming from his office in Pullman. And in the background, he had a uh, stuffed cougar. <laughs> Apparently, the cougar's name is Sharon. <laughs> but the cougar was, uh, Sharon was prominently featured in, um, in, in Rolo's background. I really like what, uh, what they've done up there in Pullman and how they've rolled out Rolo and how he's embraced that community. He's, he's hit every single note right to this point. And USC's Clay Helton was a part of the festivities as well. And I thought that Helton had actually the most newsworthy item come out of that first session of, um, of the Pac-12 uh, football head coaches webinar. Listen to this question from USC play-by-play announcer Pete Arbogast. How do you do? And Helton's response. I wonder if anybody has ever brought up uh, a scheduling idea that I thought of from back in World War II. I'm not that old, but I know of it, where uh, we, we eliminate non-conference games and play all 11 conference games uh, against the 11 conference teams uh, and then go to the championship game. Is that something that's been brought up? Yes, it's it's been discussed in our Pac-12 meetings, um, and it's been discussed by the commissioners. That that is one of the the many structures uh, as we as we go through this situation and this crisis. That uh, the possibility of a all conference schedule. Um, that's that is one of the structures under discussion, depending on where we are at. You know, six to eight weeks from now. But uh, those are those are viable discussions and. It has been brought up in our meetings. So 11 games, just an 11-game regular season, not 12, just 11, versus all 11 conference opponents. Helton admitting that that's been part of the part of the discussion, one of the options that, that's out there on the table for me. And look, you've, you've heard all the options, you've heard all the plans that different leagues are putting forth uh, to try to get either get their season going or to wrap up their season, if you're the NBA or maybe even the NHL. And some of these plans that you hear, you're like going, really? Seriously? No, no, no I, I can't stand that. I actually kind of like this. I actually kind of like this plan. Having an 11-game season, just focusing on your conference opponents. It makes sense, right? It, it seems feasible. It limits travel to and from different areas of the country, which is especially important now, given the fact that, as we discussed earlier, different regions of the country Different states, different jurisdictions are having different responses to all this. And so things may look very different from one state, one region, one jurisdiction to the next. And it keeps the importance of the regular season 
where every game matters, and you go into the Pac-12 championship game. I, I, I like it. It, 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 brings, it brings something that we haven't seen probably, I'd imagine, since the Pac-8 days, right, back in the 70s, a true round-robin nature to the schedule. Because even in the Pac-10, you miss somebody. That was back in the days where you only played 11 games a year and you had eight conference games. Well, that meant that you had to miss somebody. There were some years Oregon didn't play Washington, which just didn't seem right at all. That would have been like Stanford not playing USC. And the season without Stanford playing USC just doesn't seem quite right, does it? So I kind of like it. I kind of like it. USC probably wouldn't mind it too much either from a pure scheduling standpoint. Because if they went, if, if the Pac-12 goes to an 11-game season against, against strictly conference opponents, USC would pick up Washington State and Oregon State, and they'd lose New Mexico, Notre Dame, and Alabama. I would think that from a pure scheduling standpoint, USC would make that trade in a heartbeat. Probably not financially, because that USC-Alabama game scheduled to take place uh, at the Cowboys Stadium in Arlington, Texas. I'm sure there's a big financial component there, as well as a large financial component with Notre Dame, too, because that series um, still moves the meter. But from a pure scheduling standpoint, I'm sure that, that USC would not mind making that trade one bit. Stanford would lose Notre Dame, too. I'd love to be making that trip to South Bend this fall. But Stanford would lose Notre Dame, too, along with BYU and William and & Mary. However, the Cardinal would pick up Utah and Arizona State in a conference-only 11-game regular season. So <laughs> that's, kind of, that's kind of a tough trade to make. Uh, Utah always brings it, and I really like Arizona's chances of doing potentially big things in the conference this year. I really think that that it's going to come down to Arizona State and USC in the South at this point. And Arizona State's certainly trending uh, upwards as far as a program is concerned. So that would be a bit of a tougher trade for Stanford to make from a pure uh, scheduling standpoint. But overall, grand scheme of things, I like it. I like it. If you can pull it off without anyone testing positive and everyone staying healthy, I'd strongly consider it. I really would. Unfortunately, those are pretty big ifs right now. I don't, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I actually kind of like it. Whether you love or hate the show, I definitely want to hear from you. Hashtag TreeCast on Twitter. Hashtag TreeCast. Check us out on Believe.com. Again, if you've missed earlier episodes, I highly suggest, hey, spend some time playing catch up. Here are our chats from David Shaw uh, with Jared Haas, Stanford men's basketball. They're certainly looking great. Uh, they've had a fantastic offseason and recruiting season to this point. And a bunch of other uh, fantastic guests that we've had as well. And good to, good to spend just some time with you, just me and you. Good to kind of go back to, back to the old school every once in a while on the TreeCast here. Hit me up on Twitter, at Troy Clarity. Last name is spelled C-L-A-R-D-Y, at Troy Clarity. And we will come your way next week. Our scheduled guest on next week's TreeCast, by the way, is quite possibly still, even though he has competition now, 
is possibly still my favorite Stanford athlete ever. He's scheduled to join us on next week's TreeCast. Who is he? Well, you'll find out next week. <laughs> Subscribe to the show, right? And, you, and you'll be the first to, 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 to hear it on your block so you can stay current. Subscribe, rate, review, and react to the show. Um, give us some reaction on some of the message boards out there. We'll certainly appreciate that too. And we'll see you next time. Don't drink and drive. If you do, you're the dumbest person on the planet. End of story. Be safe. Be smart. And we'll see you next week on the TreeCast with Troy Clary, presented by the Believe Podcast Network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.